So you basically had to be a peer mediator for two people that might have been going through a conflict. And as the media, you can't just come in there like, hey, you do that, you do this. You had to listen to both sides and figure out like, you know, what is the, I guess, the best solution that still doesn't negatively impact anybody in there. And I just remember that just stood out to me now because I think listening is one of those greatest, greatest skills you can have. Podcast Junkies, episode 278. We are closing in on 280, which means we're closing in on 290, which means we're closing in on 300, which means I should be uh, knocking on Chase Reeves' door anytime now. And if you're a long-time listener, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you missed the last episode, we had Bill Burrell back on with his co-host, Matt Ricardo, and those very creative gentlemen have created the Imagination and Junk podcast. It's the story that only could have come out of an event like the pandemic, and it's a fantastically creative uh, solution to figuring out what you want to do next when you're just uh, brimming with creativity, and that would be Bill Burrell. And he was on the podcast years ago, probably 2016 was when Bill was on, for Home Stories from LA, another fantastic show. He's an expert storyteller, and I know you'll Love that episode, so make sure you check that out, episode 277. This episode's brought to you by Focusrite, and specifically the Scarlett 2i2 sound card, one of my favorite go-to sound cards, something I use for each and every podcast recording. The 3G line is a go-to for all new podcasters. Find out more at podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite, and the link will be in the show notes as well. This week, I welcome to the show budding content creator and host of the Poll and Pals podcast, Pony Boy Poll. It's a show where Poll interviews his content creator pals who are creating the life that they want to live. And in this episode, we share a rich discussion on his background as a content creator and how he finally got involved in the podcasting space. He talks openly about what he loves about the podcast platform, including the incredible information you can learn and the intimacy that can be felt within each episode. Poll speaks to some of the biggest inspirations in his life and what has motivated him to approach life with no ego and plenty of empathy. And finally, he shares his thoughts on staying humble and speculates on what his future might hold. Paul and I connected through a project that I put together within 24 hours called Any Podcast Recommendations. Some of you may have seen this on Twitter or on LinkedIn. Essentially, I was getting annoyed. <laughs> Maybe that's the right word. Maybe it's too harsh. But all these folks asking any podcast recommendations on Twitter and having had some no-code experience through my uh, time at the OnDeck Academy, pretty well-versed in tools like Notion, Airtable, and various others. So I decided to see what I could put together in about four to six hours. And if you go to anypodcastrecommendations.com, you'll see uh, what we have running. And uh, Paul reached out to me. We started working on some ideas for it. And I love his enthusiasm and his energy level. And it just makes sense for me to take the next step and invite him on the show so you could get a feel for what he's been working on, which I think you'll be inspired by. Let's not forget that this episode is also brought to you by Fullcast. Fullcast.co is the website. If you need help with any aspect of your show from launch to production and marketing, we can help. Schedule a free chat at fullcast.co forward slash chat 15 about your existing or new show. Stay to the end of the episode. I'll reveal this week's retention hashtag, but let's get hopping and learn a little bit more about what it takes to be a creator nowadays. So Pony Boy Paul, host of Paul and the Pals, Paul and Pals podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me on Podcast Junkies. 
No problem, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. The podcasting space is so interesting and changing so fast sometimes that it's amazing that you end up having conversations with people that you hadn't even met as of a month ago. <laughs> yeah, and they're all always like willing to talk, you know, like yeah. just on Twitter, you could just literally tweet anybody, DM anybody, because even though they're all very well known, some of them like they're all just very normal, regular people. So I think that's one thing I love, love the most. Like I just DM'd Ariel just to ask questions about, you know, marketing and like, cause she's always just showing love, showing education. So she's really great. I think you had her on a prior episode too. And I listened to that one. That was really good to hear her uh, background and stuff. Ariel Niesenblatt for the benefit of the listener, go back to my days in LA when I lived in LA. So we met there, she was managing a co-working space and she was bringing in people to record podcast live there. And then I was working on a project with Jay Connor and and then we were working on a project there, but I also had something in common with her because she grew up in Westchester County in in New York. And I went to, I grew up in Yonkers, New York. So I don't know why I'm pointing that way. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait, aren't you in Minnesota? <laughs> I'm in Minnesota, yeah. But I, but I grew up in Yonkers, New York, just outside the city. And, and that's Westchester County. But I went to school in White Plains, New York, which is a little further north, all boys Catholic high school, if you can imagine that. Okay. How was that? all boys Catholic high school. Yeah, that was interesting. It was funny because, it was, so we were in Yonkers, we'd take the bus up, but it was just like, this was 88, no, 84 to 88 high school. So it was funny because it's like the, sort of like the preppier part of Westchester County. You know, there's like Scarsdale, White Plains and all those places. And so, you know, we'd have to wear blazers and stuff like that. But it's interesting because I'm Latino and, you know, we sort of like congregated like all like the minorities like would have a, their own table in the back yeah. of the lunchroom. <laughs> then they're it, done was, it was funny because we started our, our little crew, the Homeboy Nation. <laughs> <laughs> we had like, we were going to make sweaters. It was funny. This is when all like the, the breakdance and stuff was coming out too. So so thought we'd have our own crew and stuff. But one of the guys, I'm not, I'm not forgetting his name, was Paul. He brought in a, a boombox and he would just play. And I remember the he played um, Roxanne Chante which is the first time I ever heard her rap. She's like old school 80s rapper, female rapper. And she was like rapping so fast. I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. I was, I was like, because I was listening to, I mean, was, I'm just like, this is like LL Cool J, Run DMC, just like all prime like- Primetime hip hop in New York. Primetime, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Curtis Blow. Like it was crazy. It was so much fun to be around. So just blasting at that there, we just get these funny looks from like the, the, rest, <laughs> the rest of the lunchroom. But uh, yeah, that was a- a throwback so yeah so ariel grew up in, in westchester county as well so that's how we connected but she's been just so she's one of those folks like my friend esprit who's just like always in it just like trying new things doing new things. she's got the earbuds newsletter she just got me to do the tweet 100 challenge i don't know if you saw it today i've been seeing that <laughs> I, i've been trying to figure it out like what's going on but yeah now, her energy is very high up there. And I think what's interesting is I know we're recording this with Squadcast. And I actually used to record with Squadcast when I first started recording okay. remotely. And I didn't even realize because I was getting the Squadcast emails. And it wasn't until like I was on Twitter and I'm like, oh, wait, this is the person that's been sending these. And I'm like, oh, OK. But no, I, I stay subscribed to the newsletter purely because I just, you know, I actually enjoy it, even though I'm not using them anymore. So, yeah, she's a, a dope person. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm always up for challenges and I'm always up for like this public accountability stuff because I got so many things going on. But sometimes if I feel like it's a, it's a bit of a challenge, Jay Klaus is the guy who started it. He's been on the show before, a really good guy. 
think Jay's doing some work with Pat Flynn now. But uh, yeah, those are fun exercises and every little thing to just build up. I, I spend most of my time on Twitter. I think it's the one where, while I try to post consistently on others, that is the one that where it's more like top of mind for me. Like I'll I'll see something or I'll read a book. Like I don't do really Instagram. I'll just post it on Twitter. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah, that's how I found you. That's how I first even heard about you. And I'm like, oh, wow, this dude did something that I really like. And I just had to reply. And that's how we're here today. So talk to me. So, so for the benefit of the listener, talk to, to to or tell the story of how you sort of how I entered your radar, because I think it's pretty fun. Yeah, man, that was a that was a funny day. So. You know, I think if anybody's listening to this, they probably really like podcasts and they probably see a lot of the podcast themes on Twitter. So, you know, you just randomly always see people asking any podcast recommendations. And, you know, it's funny because I was I remember subscribing to the theme of podcasts on Twitter, but I used to get annoyed because I kept seeing that question. I'm like, damn, like, I think I might have to unscribe it because it was just getting too much. <laughs> so, so one day I just saw that you tweeted. I think somebody had liked it. I can't remember who liked it right now. Oh, Albin from Buzzsprout. Oh, yeah, Albin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he had liked it, so it showed up on my feed. And you had made basically this just kind of initial version of a site that was based on the fact that everybody asked the question, any podcast recommendations. And the moment I saw it, I was mad. I was like, God damn it, that's such a good idea. Because I, I kept seeing it, but I didn't know like what to do with it, right? So the moment... I saw that I'm like, okay, this is this guy is smart. And I just replied like, yo, this is really dope. I'm jealous, but this is really dope. And then you signed up too. Yeah, I signed up. I signed up like right away. Cause I'm like, this is such a good idea. And then the moment I saw it, I'm like, you know, like what would make this better? And then I remember I found you on LinkedIn because I realized that's where you post the most. And I messaged you on LinkedIn, like, Hey, I had this idea. Like, what if you had a Twitter bot? that automatically replied to anybody that tweeted any podcast recommendations. And I think you just got back to me. You're like, yo, that's a dope idea. Let's collaborate. And, you know, that's kind of how we started talking. But no, that was just a very insightful day. And I think it's one of those, like, whenever you think of something, just try it out. You don't know if it's going to work or not. You don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, I'm glad that I took that initiative. And I'm and it's put me in a position to learn a lot because, like I said, you weren't on my radar before, but after getting to know you, I'm like, okay, this guy is like one of those guys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's had you flex like a muscle that, you know, we should all do more often if you have the entrepreneurial spirit, just that idea of just like taking imperfect action? Yeah, I think especially with Twitter, there's kind of two sides to it, right? With Twitter, you have access to literally almost everybody that you could ever think about and also their thoughts and your and I've realized the more people I follow kind of in that lane of entrepreneurship or doing their own thing, you start to just see so many people doing things. And the reason I say it's two-sided because one, you see that and you're inspired because like, wow, like that's inspiring. I want to do that too. But it's also like, it's overwhelming because you're not always in that mood to like create something or build something or tweet something. So you have to find that balance point, right? But to go back to your question of flexing the muscle, it does make you flex that muscle because sometimes you just see something and it triggers you. And I feel like I'm somebody that I think, you know, I like to create things. I feel like I'm better at helping people improve what they already have. You know, like when you thought of, when you had that foundation, I'm like, oh, what if we did this? Or what if we did that? And I think that's one of those muscles that I want to keep getting better at helping people like improve whatever they're working on. And I think what I found that's also interesting is when you find folks that are like-minded and think outside the box, it's kind of that one plus one equals three 
vibe because it's like you could do something that would be cool i could come up with some ideas that'd be cool but if we're kind of like you know merging of the minds and we're directing our energy on like a specific task like for example we're collaborating on any podcast recommendations and i think just the flow i feel like it's like when you're in the flow you're just like what about this what about yeah. this, what about this? And, I, and i love being in that space because i miss it a little bit from you know just coming from corporate i was in 20 plus years in corporate i worked at jp morgan chase and e-trade and there's something to be said like get in the whiteboard get people in the conference room okay just like what are we going to do let's hash out some ideas and you lose a little a lot of that when you're in the remote phase so i think finding creative ways to do that whether it's slack you know i think we were chatting for a bit even on notion directly <laughs> just using that just kind of like using the tools and i think i feel like there's this new wave of like digital entrepreneurs who are just kind of like what tools can we use what do we have that's available and just kind of like mash them up create new opportunities to brainstorm yeah especially with the tools because even with you i've had to because I, I was aware of notion i was aware of Airtable, right but i think the best way to learn something is to actually use it like you can read about it you can watch youtube videos but it wasn't until you were like yeah i'm using notion as my main thing and i got Airtable in the background i'm like you know what let me finally check those out and you know just using notion in that one day i'm like oh wow like there's so many cool things you can do with it or I got familiar with Airtable, so now I'm trying to use it for my own podcast newsletter, right? Yeah. So yeah, like I think with the one plus one is three, I do miss that kind of in-person interaction because I think that's where I thrive. You know, I kind of think about it. I tell my friends like, you know, you know, uh, with dating apps, right? I feel like dating apps aren't really my the best way for me to like if I was to try to meet somebody, date somebody. But if you meet me in person, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can use my personality, like. You can talk about things, you can relate to things, right? So I definitely agree that I miss it, but you do have to try a little bit harder with this new digital space of interacting. Yeah, and because I think there's, the opportunities are just crazy. And, and let's not even get into like the NFT rabbit hole and what's happening yeah. in crypto because like, and I'm like, oh, I just made $50,000 today on a, on, a, on a crypto art piece. I'm just like, oh, it, it's tempting to like jump in there, but I feel like I'll be like out of my element. And I'm, I'm sort of kind of trying to stay in my lane and all the things that I'm working on project-wise, they're related to my, they're in my wheelhouse like of podcasting. And I feel like that's the best use of my skill set. And also if and when, we're, you know, now we're moving to the, to the promo phase for any podcast recommendations, like I feel like, okay, I have a network that can make that happen. So it's, it's tempting. Like, uh, you know, I always tell people like run your own race, keep your blinders on, but, or stay in your lane, you know, just kind of work to your play to your strengths it's that fomo man i, I feel you with the nft because that's something like obviously i've heard everybody's heard about it and i'm really into you know personal finance i love stuff like that but i also i'm always hesitant when it comes to hype because to me i think hype is where a lot of people tend to actually lose obviously people will win but people that aren't familiar or knowledgeable will just want to be involved that's where they lose so for me i think nfts is definitely a lot of potential in there like no no question but i'm not rushing to it right now because I, I know that one i'm not knowledgeable right now and i i could take the time but i also haven't had that interest to really like dive into it so i'm kind of just like you said kind of just watching from afar you know cheering at everybody on that that wins but you just got to be careful with stuff like that so when did a podcast get on your radar oh man i think going back to college that was one of the first times because a friend had told me about, I think, Marketplace, the Marketplace podcast. And, you know, I was kind of trying to listen to it more. But I think at college, I was still more into music. So sometimes I'll go through a podcast phase and I would like it, but then I would kind of just stop listening to podcasts. 
But then one memorable moment for me was a friend of mine had told me about, I can't remember the name of the book right now, but Scott Trench from Bigger Pockets, he had a book that I think Ready Get Set, something Get Ready for Life, something about real estate and personal finance, telling him story. And I really liked the book. And I wanted to just learn more about him. I was, I was actually able to interview him for one of my earlier podcasts, but... Set for Life? Yeah, Set for Life. Set for Life by Scott Trench. And I recommend that to anybody that's really just starting in the workplace or just want to learn more about finances and real estate. But yeah, I wanted to learn more about him. So I found him on the Bigger Pockets podcast. And after listening to that, I was just like, wow, this is such a great way to get information. And at the time, I'm also very into personal finance. I just got a job. I'm making money. So I wanted to use that money wisely, right? So I started listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast. And then, you know, a friend told me about, I always liked Breakfast Club, which is, you know, morning radio show, but I didn't know they had a podcast version. So he told me about that. I started listening to that. And then I liked Charlemagne the God from that show. So I started listening to his podcast called Brilliant Idiots. And then I liked his co-host, Andrew Schultz, and I started listening to his podcast, Flagrant 2. So I just started to like consume it more, and it got to the point where like now I don't really care about new music like that unless it's an artist I already like. Like I, I really is will go a whole day without listening to music, only podcasts. So yeah, I just, I just became a fan of them because of the information, the ability to kind of just get intimate with somebody you've never met, but you know all about them because you're listening to them every week or twice a week. And, um, but I never saw myself being a podcaster. That was a very new thing that was very inspired by um, the pandemic, kind of like everybody that started a podcast in the past year. So talk about that journey. Like when did you start to get the, the creator vibes to, to start figuring if this is something you wanted to do for yourself? Yeah. So that's a good question when you say creator vibes, because I don't think I ever was confident calling myself a content creator until lately, because that's kind of what my podcast is about, interview content creators. And for me, I remember when I was younger, I used to just like techie stuff, like computer stuff. So sometimes we had a camera and I would always take the camera with me when me and my parents went to parties because Nigerians love to party a lot. So we always went to parties, weddings, whatever. And I would always like take pictures or maybe record video at that time. And I would go home and use Windows Movie Maker and just put the videos together and then like there was always family friends, so I would just send them that. I would literally burn it on a CD and then just send it to them, or DVD, I guess. And that was just a thing, but I never knew the impact of what I was doing, you know? And even in that, so that's when I was young, like probably middle schoolish, and I got to high school, and my high school was a special kind of um, on a community college campus. And you got to choose your associate degree that you wanted to do. And I told my parents, oh, I want to do graphic design. Oh, cool. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> because, you know, I was, I'm the first generation in America. I actually was born in Nigeria. So okay. to them, they're really much, they wanted me to be set for life. You know what I'm saying? They, they wanted me to do engineering, lawyer, lawyers, doctor. All, you know, you know what it is, man. <laughs> you know what it is. So I, they were, they quickly pushed that idea down. I was kind of sad because I remember just being so into that. That was my thing. And they told me like, no, do general studies in math and science because you can set up for engineering. And luckily I was good at school, so that worked out. But slowly and slowly as I was into the corporate world, you know, you kind of get that like, ah, what am I doing with life? Like, am I really living in my true life or what I want to be doing? So I've always kind of had that mindset. So I guess to make a long story shorter, what happened with podcasting is when the pandemic hit, you know, live video got became a big thing. 
and everybody's on IG live. So I, I was kind of interested. So one day I remember a friend had told me like, yo, you should go on live one day just to be funny. And I'm like, okay. So I went on live and it was no plans. Like it was literally live on the spot. I had no topics, anything. I just went on live and I'll just kind of talk, talk about myself and I would invite people to join me. Okay. So I had just a group of friends. Like I think I had maybe three to four people come and just talk with me. And at that point, I didn't know that IG live, it cuts you off at an hour if you have less than maybe 20K followers or something like that. So I have like maybe okay. a thousand or 12, I don't know. And so it just cut me off in an hour. I'm like, oh, what the hell? And I just get like texts like, yo, like what happened? Like you're coming back, like you should come back. And I'm like, wait, what? And I think that's when I saw the interest when it came to just showing my personality or talking. So that inspired me to, what can I do with this, right? And a friend texted me like, yo, you know what? You should like go on live and talk with more people. Miley Cyrus was doing it at that time. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's a good inspiration. <laughs> so then I just hit up my friends that I knew from, at the time they were in San Francisco, they just started a, a startup, you know, they're making money. I was just really curious about how they were living. Sure. And I was like, hey, like, would y'all love to be guest number one on episode one? And my first episode, which I didn't, I didn't call it a podcast at the time. I just literally went on IG live and recorded it. And, you know, from there, that's kind of how the, I got to where I'm at today. Now it's like an actual podcast on all podcasting platforms, but it literally would just be a conversation with me and my pals to share what they doing, their creativity to, in a way, inspire others to like, realize like you can do it too. You know, very, a very cliche <laughs> podcast idea, but it's been fun. Who was inspiring you in terms of podcasts? Like, were there ones that you were listening to in terms of, like, how are you thinking about the format of the show? Yeah, so I think I would say right now, I just always enjoy people that are able to have a conversation where it doesn't feel like an interview, you know, where, which is what I'm, I want to be doing, where I want to be um, always having the vibe. Because I think sometimes when it's too back and forth with just straight up Q&A, Q&A, you don't really get the sense of the person. So my goal is always like, how can I make it so that it seems like we're all pals? Because a lot of the people, some of the people that I interview, I might have never met them before, but I wanted to come across as like, wow, like they're actually just cool people. Like I want to show that person's personality. So in terms of inspiration, I think I like Andrew Schultz just because even though he's a comedian, I think his ability to carry conversation just fully off script is, is great. I think controversial as he is, I think Joe Rogan as well, he has a great way of being able to just talk with anybody. Sure. And, you know, sometimes the, that person can be somebody that's not very well liked. So I think in terms of conversation, I like people like that, but I've been listening to more and more podcasts to actually improve my skills. So for example, I had a friend tell me about, you know, Fresh Air. And, you know, I like, I can't remember the, her name right now, the host, but- um, Terry Gross. I remember I wanted to- yeah, Tommy Gross, yeah. And I wanted to learn more about how she actually does it, right? So actually, instead of listening to more Fresh Air podcasts, I listened to podcasts where she was on, where she was interviewed. And I got to just learn more about her and just kind of how she just gets to the point. And she's not a mean or person, but she carries a conversation well where, like, she's not afraid to ask questions. So I, I really like that aspect about her. But yeah, I think... Uh, I listened to a couple podcast junkies after I met you. I, I like the way that you're able to kind of just get into it and make you feel like, you know, you're really just having a conversation with a fan, a pal, if you will. So, yeah, 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 man, I just always love learning. I think it's interesting because like every other podcaster and regular listeners will have heard this a bit, but I just had questions like everyone had and had my sheet of questions. And I'm like, 
what is your favorite ice cream? Like, <laughs> if you could be in, what's your spirit animal? Like, you know, just kind of like, yeah. you're trying to like, you were just worried that you're going to run out of things to, to talk about. But if you're naturally conversational or even just naturally curious, I think that's the one trait that I've seen that's been extremely helpful to be curious. Like that's what carries me through these conversations to just listen intentionally and just like pay attention and that's why i love the video because i'm just like okay what's what's happening there like are we connecting are you just like i'll never forget one guest who shall go unnamed in my first year who was like eating like a bowl of strawberries and i was on camera so i was like, <laughs> like i was trying to like have him giving him time to answer the questions while he was done chewing but it was, it was just like distracting <laughs> So that's yeah. funny. That's the tough thing about starting too, because the thing I realized too about, especially when I first first started, is like a lot of people don't take you seriously because to them it's like you're reaching out, like, hey, I want to interview you, you know, I just want to talk. So it's like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll show up, I'll be there. So they might not even want to wear headphones, or they might not even be somewhat dressed because it's a video podcast. So it's like I'm gonna post a video. So it's like I had to get to the point of like I had to be very serious about how I went about it, like. Even though it's fun, it's like I want it to be lively. It's still serious to me. I want this to be a good reflection of myself. So I've definitely went through those moments where like you had to make somebody realize how much effort you're actually putting into it. I think you want to demonstrate to them that you respect like their who they are and what they've done and to so that, to the extent especially if you're new i think because there's so much competition there's so many podcasts people just now roll their eyes or like oh let me guess you have a podcast like it's just <laughs> it's not it's like everyone like your grandma has a podcast exactly. like <laughs> and so i think you have to find a way to connect with them on a human to human level and just genuinely like express interest in their story and so my second show that I started vertical farming podcast like I'm speaking to CEOs so these are people like if you're in the industry you probably get a little like intimidated by having these like big CEOs come on the show but since I don't know who they are and I'm not in the industry I'm not really intimidated by them. I'm just like oh so like you know something about growing up you know like you know your first time riding a bicycle just kind of thing and when you humanize them and they start to like you can see the tension just drop a little bit and just like oh we're just we're just chatting, you know, I'm, I'm not asking them technical questions because I'm not the expert. So I stay in my wheelhouse of saying, I just like origin stories. I just like learning, like what makes you tick? That's what Podcast Junkies is about. Like what makes Poll tick? Like, you know, why do you do what you do? Why did you end up here? Why are we having this conversation? Like, it's fascinating to me, like all the little threads, the butterfly effect, if you will, of how like, or sliding doors, whatever the, the movie analogy is, because like <laughs> how you just, like how do we end up here? It's crazy. And so, but it's just, Everyone has a story, and this has been my just my constant thing that I'm that I really focus on. Like everybody has a story. If you just ask the right questions, if you're curious, you know, and everyone's got a story to tell. I agree. I think that's one of the things that I really want to show because I would say like I'm targeting a little bit of a younger demographic in terms of not young, young as in like just in high school, but like around my age where you're still kind of almost reaching that quarter life crisis of like fuck, like I have no idea what I'm trying to do. And I think the best way to do that is to understand, kind of like you said, everybody does have a story. You don't know why somebody is mad today, sad today, or why they act a certain way. But then when you go back to the like, oh, what did your parent do? Or how were you growing up? Oh, you lost a friend when you were young. Oh, you had to grow up in this neighborhood and you had to fend for yourself. You know what I'm saying? When you start to humanize everybody, and then once you see the human in them, you realize how similar they are to you. 
And when you realize how similar they are to you and they've still been able to get to their level of success, whatever that is, you then hopefully what I'm trying to get across is like, hey, like, try that, you know, try that thing that's been in your head because you might think you're not able to do it, but you don't know. And even if you don't know and you try it, you might realize you're better at something else than what you initially thought you were good at. So I definitely love that. And I've had to humble myself a little bit because, you know, you've been doing this for, I think, about seven years now. Yeah, seven, eight years. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's amazing because I can't even think of, I can't even remember what 2014 was like. I thought it was late too, to podcast <laughs> again. That's funny. Really? In 2014? Yeah. Yeah, because it started around 20, 2006, 2007. And I remember I was listening to a couple of like, Pat Flynn podcast, he's Smart Passive Income around 2012, and I was just like learn, learning from him too. So I was like, oh man, I got to get into this podcasting game. <laughs> it's been wild. That was before Serial. That's crazy. Because I, I feel like I'm super late. That's crazy. Yeah, because Serial, I, I was really into Serial when that came out too. So yeah, I was saying, I, I feel like I have to humble myself at some point because to me, one thing that I, I struggle with, I would say, is I'm always thinking about like, what I want the end goal to be, like what I see myself becoming or what I see something becoming. And sometimes that affects me because like when you're starting out, I have to remind myself, like I've only been doing this for a year. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I still have so much to learn. Like I've literally learned what podcasting, not just listening, but what podcasting is and I'm still learning. So it's been actually good to help myself and, you know, really learn from, you know, the people that are doing it because sometimes when you get egotistical or cocky, that actually prevents you from learning and being willing to, you know, be that student, right? And one funny thing, I remember I had interviewed somebody and I remember kind of posting their, I think I sent them a clip and they posted their clip. And in their story, they're like, I should check out Paul Pals. It's like, he's like the guy Raz of uh, content creators or whatever. And at that point, I wasn't listening to how I built this. I had heard of the podcast, right? Sure, sure. So I'm like, man, who the hell is guy Raz? I was like, what is this? And I, I'm being honest with this because at that point, I didn't know who he was. So I'm like, you know, what is that? So I remember looking him up and I was just like, and I saw his accomplishments. I'm like, damn, like, and I was just kind of like, jealous. I'm like, wow, like he's done that, you know? And to me, I was kind of like, damn, I don't want to like try to follow in his footsteps and I don't want to do the same thing, which we're, we had different types of content, but I had to get to the point of like, wait, why don't I use this as an opportunity to learn from him? And once again, I did the same thing like I did with Tony Gross. I looked at interviews that he's been on and I heard him talk about it. And, you know, when he was very honest about how he grew up, his struggles, it's just easier to relate and realize, like, once again, everybody is going through something. Like, you can't give up because you don't feel like you're adequate enough. So it's been just, I just love this this journey because I've I've struggled with it. I've been down. I've wanted to quit. I'll just always have this reminder of like, hey man, you gotta keep doing this because you're helping somebody out there, so. And it's uh, Terry Gross. Terry Gross, I say Tony? Terry, Terry, yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I still got the value of it, but yeah. Hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> you said you just got this fear of like not succeeding. So it, what that tells me that is you've got a drive to do more. And so where do you see yourself in this journey? Is podcasting part of it or do you have higher aspirations for, you know, and, and I know it's maybe you're, you're at your quarter life crisis, so <laughs> yeah. I'm at my half life crisis, but, <laughs> but yeah, just, I'm just curious when you say that, what is it that you feel that is still left for you to do and accomplish? That's a great question. And honestly, I think I'm still trying to figure that out. And one of the reasons I say that, like I said before, I think podcasting to me, it was a great way for me to realize like, 
like, how do I, you know, get my voice out there? How do I talk? But then I have to ask myself, like, why do I want to get my voice out there? You know, what makes me special than, than anybody else that wants to start a podcast, right? And that question has helped me a lot in terms of trying to specify, like, what do I want to accomplish? And to me, I think one thing I've always been good at is being able to make something that might be complex or might seem difficult and explain it to somebody, right? So what I want to get across is, like, how do we paint this picture of, especially people that maybe look like me or grew up in similar neighborhoods to me, how do we give them this inspiration? How do we make them understand, like, yo, it's cliche, but anything really is possible once you try it. Uh, so for me, I think ideally what I want to do is have a platform where everything I'm doing is benefiting, you know, either my generation or the next generation. Because I have a younger brother, shout out Peter, who's six years younger than me. And growing up, I used to get annoyed sometimes because my parents, whenever I wanted to do something with my friends, they're like, yo, bring your brother. Or just be like, yo, your your brother's, your brother's watching you. Like, just be careful or, um, you know, be a aware of what's going exactly right so i think that's been instilled in me to always try to set an example and and i'm not even saying that to say i'm perfect but i've always had to keep in mind of like damn what if peter saw that or what would peter think right so i think i want to just really i feel like if i can just build this platform of one getting others to just be inspired to do their own thing right have a community of pals right how can that translate into like my other big interest which is financial literacy i love to to really instill that knowledge, but also, you know, provide funding, stuff like that. Because, you know, money really does make the world go around. Even if you hate capitalism, even if you hate the rich or whatever, you will need money to live the life that you want to live, right? So how do I build a platform that's actually centered at, you know, you know, education, but also making it real, making it not too complicated. So that's always in my head, right? So I think this first foray into podcasting is actually just like, a good way for me to one really keep working on my creativity and content and all that stuff but also how do i curate this message and actually make an impact because i don't really know when you're making an impact via podcasting but i was going to ask you about that too but sometimes people will message me and let me know but i want to get to the point where i'm like okay this many people have been inspired to do this you know something like that where does that drive come from this idea of being a role model this idea of inspiring people like, where does that come from? Yeah, I think it's a multitude of things. Once again, having a younger brother that, you know, you do have to look out for and try to lead the right way. But I think growing up, I've always felt like there was a reason, you know, why I'm here. I feel like there was like a bigger reason for me. So even going back to being born in Nigeria, my father won the visa lottery, which is the reason that we were able to come to uh, the States. And, you know, luckily he was able to bring me and my mom at the time. And, you know, I came here at five years old. So even that, that's like, I don't want to say, I don't know what the percentage is. It's not one in a million, but just to make it, you know, pretty close good, sure. <laughs> for a great story. It was a one in a million opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, ever since then, I've always kind of made sure like, you know, I have to make my time here worthwhile because with my parents, like they're just so set on me being good, being the best at whatever I'm doing, because you don't just leave a country just cause like you don't just leave you like to migrate to a whole nother country to anybody that's listening that if you were born in america to just go to nigeria go to germany like it's a crazy thought to uproot your whole family so one i i don't want to make sure i don't want to make that move you know being in vain right and then i had a crazy experience when i was getting baptized here so we went to we were raised catholic and i remember 
it was the craziest thing, right? And I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself the most religious, but there was this lady that after we had did the whole bat, baptized, we went to like a after, not after party, but like a get together, we ate cookies or whatever. And she just comes up to me. She just looks at me in the eye. She's like, hey, you're going to do something great. And I'm like, okay, like, relax. <laughs> Is this part of the church thing? Like, are you, and I didn't know who this lady was. I had no idea. Am I being recruited? <laughs> <laughs> what is this cult thing, right? And she just comes and she's like, wow, like, wow, I just feel your energy. Like, you're going to do something great. Whoa. And, you know, I, I'll take that for what it is. I, I don't really know what to feel about that. But I think her just saying that just instilled in me because I always felt that, like, I had to really do something. I had to really make some type of impact difference in this life because when you want to get deep about it, we don't really know what the purpose of life is. We don't know what's going to come after. But I know that today, right now, I'm talking to you. You know, I know today I'm going to meet you or meet somebody else and interact. So why don't I make the most of this moment? Why don't I make the most of this life that we're familiar with, that we know that we can touch, we can smell. And I think the best way to do that is to just impact the people around you because like the world is crazy when you really want to think about it. But if you can make somebody's day better, you know, that's the probably the greatest thing you can do for that person. So I think I just really want to, you know, have fun. You know, I might not always be the nicest person or I might not always want to talk to somebody, but I think when I'm in that mood and I just really feel good, I want to make sure that you're having a good time. So that's kind of always been my personality, but I also feel like it's one of the reasons why I'm here. I got chills when you were telling me that story. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's been... I've, been, uh, I've been flashing this book left and right. It's called uh, Becoming Supernatural. It's by Joe Dispenza. He's, uh, you may have seen him like around, but he's kind of been, he was known a little bit for that book, The Secret, or that movie, The Secret, that came out like, you know, 10 years ago or something like that. So kind of painted everyone there in a negative light, but now he's got this new stuff that's like basically marries meditation and science together so that he actually shows, you know, what's happening in your body when you're meditating and, and you're doing that breathing, how you're activating like the energy centers in your body and just your, and the, a lot of what he teaches is, in the quantum field, like all possibilities exist. And what you're trying to do when you meditate is align yourself with the future that already exists, which is the future you want. And so it's been really powerful because I've been just finished up the book and now doing some of the exercises. So when you talk about stuff like that, it's, it's almost like you got a sneak peek of what you're, what you're capable of if you align yourself and, and get yourself in, in alignment with what that path would look like. So, you know, and, and it feels like just from connecting with you and just how quickly we just, vibe than having this conversation it feels like you're riding that wave i'm trying man and i really appreciate you know you you know accepting me and like you know willing to work with me because like i said i didn't know what to expect of this of me reaching out but i just thought it was a cool idea and i know i think we connected just for a little chat and i kind of wish it was recorded because i'm like oh man like this man has like gems i actually took notes on that so you know whenever i can get you on my podcast i'm definitely going to bring those back up but once again, that was another example of me learning just like, you know, there's people that have done this before, like everything that we're trying to do, it's not really new. So it's just best to just learn from those that have done it and, you know, be humble enough to take their teachings or whatever it is. I think one of the things that you said that stood out to me was one of the things was when you want to create something and make it better, you know, do one thing. And then even if you have a ton of the ideas, do one thing and see how what change that affects. And then see how, okay, what, should I change it? Should I build better on it? Because sometimes I'm very like, oh, I have all these ideas in my head. Let me, let me put it, let me, let me just do everything, right? Get it right, and get it perfect. Yeah. Exactly. And that's helped me kind of slow it down. I'm like, okay, let me try this change. 
give it like a week or two. Like, okay, it's something people like that, people didn't like that. So I'm always trying to learn, man. I'm always trying to learn. Yeah, it's it's an old school quote from, a, I think it's attributed to Peter Drucker. He's like a really known in the business world. And I think his whole thing was what gets uh, measured gets managed. And he's like, if you're not measuring things, how do you know if you're having success, you know? And it's just been really important. And I know this is some of the things we're going to be trying with the project we're working on. But it's like, where are we now? Try this experiment. Did anything change? Nope. Okay. Try this next thing. Did anything change? Because when you just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and then it starts to move the needle, you don't know which one of the things (laughs) did it. (laughs) Because we're trying to create like repeatable processes here that we can just like, oh, this works. Let's double down on that. You know, so that's that's really exciting. But uh, a couple of things that you, a couple of words that you mentioned with this idea of like humility and you... You always, you said earlier, this idea of keeping your ego in check. Is that something, just how you were raised, or does that come culturally, or what? Ah, man, I I was asking myself that. Because sometimes I'll ask my guests questions, and I'm like, man, how would I answer that? Because I've asked something similar. I don't know if it's just inner personality, because I would say Nigerians were very egotistical, naturally, like, you know, and religious. So, like, your parents are always praying for you. They'll be like, oh, you're taking this class. You're going to be the number one in this class. You're going to, we pray to God that you're going to get an A plus. And I'm thinking like, damn, what about little Jimmy? Like Jimmy's been killing it with his studies. Like, I think he deserves A plus too. But I think I don't really know where it comes from, but I do remember hearing a great quote that I might butcher it right now, but it was basically like, you are great, but you are not greater than anybody else. And that really resonated with me because I think I fully agree because if you look at any example of great falls of men and women, it's always ego. It's always ego. It's always getting to this point where you think you're the greatest and you can be really talented. You can be really skilled at something. But when you let that ego make you treat other people like they're less than, that's when you start falling. So I always have to just self-check myself because I do get on my little moments of like, oh, that was really good or people are really telling me this is dope. But then I also have on my low moments. So to me, like when you're trying to get to this point where you let your ego lead, it's always going to end up bad. So I think I do a lot of self checks, you know, just throughout the day, throughout the week with whoever, with my girlfriend, we're just talking and asking questions. So I do my best, but I don't know where it comes from. And I think it's just maybe natural. My parents always were trying to set great examples for me. Right. But always trying to make me also be the best that I can be. So I think that mix of that and my personality has kind of helped me get to where I am today. Yeah, I definitely second that. And I had to learn those lessons the hard way, I think. <laughs> and it's, I think it's a function of just generational stuff. Like I'm, I'm a child of the eighties and nineties. And, and so, you know, you, sometimes you think you're invincible or, or the things you do won't have repercussions later. And I'm here to tell you, <laughs> They do. They do catch up with you. Like if you don't do things coming from just positivity or looking out for the decisions you make and the repercussions they have on other people, just learn how to be more honest. Yeah, just a lot of mistakes that I've made. And I'm just trying to turn those things around and impart that wisdom on a younger generation. Maybe that's part of the reason why I have these conversations and just be like, don't do what I did. I appreciate that. <laughs> and just like be humble, but we be willing to help people because... You know, we, we all can benefit from each other. There's things that I'm learned from you. Like, you know, I, there's no age restriction for me in terms of my teachers. Like sometimes you're like, see someone younger and you're like, what's this kid got to show me? And some of these, you know, kids be, probably coming back from a, they were like Einstein in a previous life. Cause they're like, they're like <laughs> qualifying for Mensa at like six years old. I'm just like, okay, 
maybe that kid's my teacher. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm open because there's a lot we don't know. <laughs> and so, like, we're, I just, like, I'm grateful for the information wherever it comes from. And I'm just like, what's the lesson I have to learn here? And just kind of continue to have that, that student's mindset. Yeah. And I think uh, listening is one of the things that I, I always try to just be better at. I remember there was a program I did. I can't remember the name. I want to say My Lead because I'm from Michigan. And the, the program was basically kind of just like how to be better leaders. And I remember one of the things they had us do activities was to be mediators. Mm. Oh, yeah. So you basically had to be a peer mediator for two people that might have been going through a conflict. And as the media, you can't just come in there like, hey, you do that, you do this. You had to listen to both sides and figure out like, you know, what is the, I guess, the best solution that still doesn't negatively impact anybody in there. And I just remember that just stood out to me now because I think listening is one of those greatest, greatest skills you can have. And, you know, I, I think I'm good at it. But one thing I do say I struggle with now is like being able to implement whatever you listen. Because one thing that I do with all of my podcast episodes, I always end it with what are the words of advice you would have for somebody to create the life that they want to live? And, you know, words of advice are great. They're really good. You can hang them up on your wall, remind yourself, but they don't really mean shit until you implement them and put them in a routine. So sure. I've been actually trying to like implement the things that my guests say and like, okay, this person said master this, or this person said, don't say no to yourself. And I'm like, okay, am I doing that? Am I checking myself? Right. So yeah, it's, and you can literally learn from anybody because we all just have different stories. Yeah. It's so well put and just, yeah, just having that open mind and, but the key is putting it into action, like you just said, because it's otherwise they're just Instagram quotes. <laughs> just, just talking, just reposting on your story, man. So what did you study in, in college? Mechanical engineering. Okay. With a minor in international studies. So I, I tried to get my Spanish up, but I really, I use that as an opportunity to just travel abroad every year. And uh, that's, that's been great because I've always enjoyed traveling just because, like I said, I, I love people. And being international myself, I'm always curious to really interact. I actually didn't interact with a Middle Eastern person really like truly until I went to high school. I switched high schools and I came from a primarily black high school, you know, com school community growing up. Sure. And, uh, you know, one of my good friends from high school, Omed, he's Middle Eastern, right? He's Kurdistan. I didn't even know where Kurdistan was on the map. And, you know, that experience just really just changed my mentality on the world. Like I got to learn more just about my Muslim culture and all that stuff. So, you know, traveling has been great. And just college was uh, probably one of the most, uh, I guess like everybody else, very formative in my life. Because growing up, I was very, my parents kind of kept a, a tight hold on me, right? So when you get that free leash in college, you start wilding out, especially when you're in Spain and it's 7 a.m. You're like, oh, why am I still outside? <laughs> so man, yeah, it was, it was a great time. That's wild. I imagine an experience like that has really opened your eyes to all different ways different cultures can influence you and just, you know, just different perspectives on the world, I think is, is always a good thing to have. It is, man. I think uh, probably one of the most memorable of my trips, I went to Costa Rica and that was a volunteer trip where the, the point of the volunteering was to assist with, basically th there was turtles that would always come on the beach and ha hash their eggs, but their eggs were very valuable. So we would basically walk the beach at night middle of the night just to make sure we didn't have any poachers coming one of the times we actually saw a poacher come and i always used to think like wait what if they have a gun like what if, what, if, what are we supposed to do i'm in college we don't have any weapons but anyway we did see one poacher guy and he just kind of like walked away but uh, what i took from that was there's you really cannot take 
your life for granted. Oh, that's good. Because the people I was living with, we had to stay with, you know, like the, what are they called? Like a step, like a travel mom, basically like the mom housed us in her home. She spoke Spanish. I had to work on my Spanish a little bit. And, you know, there would be days where like the rain would be crazy. You can't even walk outside, kind of flooded. And like, I would help them sometimes cut coconuts down from the tree. And, you know, when you juxtapose that with how I was living in America, it's just very different. So, you know, I think everybody has the right to complain, but, you know, complaining is really relative. Like complaining isn't going to do much for you unless you're willing to put in something to action. Because at the end of the day, nobody's really coming to save you. It's so sad to say, but it's kind of like if you live your life and you can only complain, that's not going to get you anywhere. So I think, like I said, everybody has a right to complain. I, I, I complain about things sometimes, but I always try to remember the, the different type of people I've met, the things that I've been through, and realize it's only going to be solved when I put some type of effort out. And maybe somebody will see you putting that effort out and, you know, help you get out of it. But you got to, you know, put your best foot forward and do something. It's such a good story. And I think what you've been blessed with this experience, like being born in Nigeria and traveling abroad for school, getting to go to places like Costa Rica to see all these different perspectives, meeting people from different cultures. And it starts to rewire your brain and open your mind to like new possibilities, but also to be more empathetic. And I think that's what we really need more people to do to empathize. You know, this is as of this is August 2021. So there's like a whole a bunch of stuff going on in Afghanistan right now. And it's sometimes hard for me to wrap my head around like, where do I put you know, energy and attention, just kind of bless the situation. And it's just like, hopefully for the people that are affected, you know, things work out and we're all trying to do the best we can here with what we have at our disposal. But I think that's what drives me to just like use whatever tools I have and whatever learnings I have, whatever mistakes I made. And maybe, you know, this podcast is part of it, but just like talk to people like you get re-inspired because every conversation like this re-inspires me and hope that people like hear your stories and, you know, take a nugget away or two from like what you've done and how, you know, get the sense that you're always trying to improve yourself. Yeah, I'm trying, man. It's hard. But like you said, empathy is probably the, man, if we could all just empathize a little bit more, man, the world would be, the world would be amazing because I started, I don't know if you've heard about a soft white underbelly on YouTube, no. but yeah, basically my, my girlfriend just told me about it a couple of weeks ago and uh, the host, uh, Mark, I think his name is Mark Leda. He's a photographer and he's been doing this for a couple of years, but basically He's most famous for taking people usually off the street that are homeless and interviewing them. Okay. And the way he just goes about it and just lets them talk, like it's like a, a masterclass in empathy because you just realize the person behind this homeless character that you might think about. So I've been trying to watch that a little bit more and just one, I, I like his interview style. And two, I just try to just understand a little bit more about people. Like how did, what led you to be at this point in your life? Because, you know, we'll just kind of sometimes drive by. We might not even want to make eye contact because not necessarily like we, we just despise them, but it's just, you almost don't want to deal with that aspect of life that somebody is living sometimes. And his show has made you have to face that head on. Like you can't even watch it for too long because I just start to feel uncomfortable, you know, because some of these people, are, they, they'll be in there still drugged up and they're talking about, you know, what they have to do on the street, like, you know, prostitution or just horrible sexual situations with their family members. It's, it's just a whole lot. So it's one of those things that I definitely recommend people try it out, but also just be aware of the type of content it is. Yeah. And you have to be 
in a stable place yourself, right? You yeah. can't watch that if you're, you're, your life is not going too well because you just downward spiral. But I think it was like Stories of New York or Faces of New York, I think might have been, I don't know, it might be the same. Humans of New York. Is it that guy? No, it's a different guy. Okay. But that's, I, just, I never thought about it. It's similar. Yeah. That would be a great podcast too. I, I don't know if he has a podcast, but <laughs> that would be a great podcast. Yeah. Couple of questions as we wrap up. This has been an amazing conversation. Thanks again. Appreciate it for having me, man. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? Oh, that's a great question. I would say my content and myself, like I always go through this imposter syndrome at times because it's like, you know, when you create content, you think it's the greatest thing, right? But you don't know what others feel like. And then sometimes I'll listen to an episode back because I, I, I edit all my stuff and I'm like, ah, man, I, I should have said this. I should have asked this question. So I, when I, when it comes out, I'm looking at it from the point of, man, damn, this could have been way better. And then somebody hears it and they're like, yo, this was amazing. I love this. Or they're like, did you killed it? And I, I can't relate sometimes because I'm like, I don't know, man. Uh, so I say that because you're too close to it. Yeah, I'm too close. I say that because, you know, we originally had this, I think, scheduled for about two weeks ago. And a day before it, I was about to reschedule with you or at least push it way back. Because once again, that, that imposter syndrome came up because, you know, I'm looking at the people you've interviewed. You know, like Evo Terra, Ariel, James Cridlin, you know, big people in the podcasting industry. And I'm just like, man, I don't think I'm ready to be on this show yet, bro. Like, I remember you got tech, like, yo, I want to talk about your podcast story. And I'm like, story, like, this is like a one pager, man. Like, <laughs> I'm just starting out. But, you know, you just trusting in me enough to want to talk and trust me with, you know, the side project we're working on. I've just had to change my mind about how I think about myself. And I think it's an ongoing battle. You know, maybe tomorrow I'm feeling down again, but when you let yourself think you're not great, then you're not great. But when you let yourself think that you are great, you will be great. So I just have to keep putting that mindset and still be willing to learn, still be willing to improve, but understand that, you know, I have to look up and not think that I'm going down. Oh, so good. So good. I think what that lights up for me is this idea of like, you know, when you up level and then you kind of like try on that, like the next level and you're like, oh, this is good. This is good. I can run in, in the space now. So hopefully, you know, by me pushing you and you're just saying, yeah, let's come on. Cause I know you got a story, you know, you got a story to tell and we're going to get it out of you. And I just knowing, I think seeing slivers of your initiative and I was just like, you know, sometimes you just take chances on people too, you know, and in the same way, you're going to have the opportunity to take chances on people who you just kind of see something in them. You're like, all right, I think, you know, you try and you try it. Sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Exactly. But I just kind of rewarding you for taking the initiative and just letting you know that like when you kind of take steps towards your greatness, you know, great things can happen because you surprise yourself and you're like, you can see what you're capable of. And now you're looking at the next level. Like, whereas before, like this level, you're like, oh, I wasn't even sure I could make it here. Now you're there and you're like, oh yeah, I can fit here. I'm comfortable here what's the next level? <laughs> like, and, and what do I do? So that's, that's good. What's the most misunderstood thing about you? Man, that's a good question. <laughs> and I think, uh, my, my girlfriend answered this one of the early in our relationship is, you know, sometimes if you, let's say you only met me maybe through IG early on, and you kind of just were familiar, you might think that I'm just kind of very jokey all the time. And I remember her telling me like, yo, I don't think you can be like serious sometimes. And I remember I was being offended at that because I'm like, wait, what? Like, whatever the situation is, I will be serious about what needs to be done. 
So sometimes if you might not know me, you might just think everything is kind of like a joke, which I try to find the funniest thing about life. And then, like, I can make anything a joke, right? Whether you're into that type of humor or not. But I think that's the thing about me is like, I can be very serious when it comes to what I need to do and just about, you know, the content I need to do, the structures or frameworks that I need. So, um, yeah, just get, get to know me a little bit more and uh, that's how it will come out. Well, hopefully some of that uh, was transmitted across the airwaves in this conversation to everyone listening. So thanks again for uh, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Thank you, man. Thank you for once again. <laughs> and uh, it's been been fun. It's been a fun couple of weeks just kind of getting to know yeah, you. Yeah, I know. And, and working on this. And I'm glad we got to share your story a little bit. And there's going to be other chapters. Like this is just one chapter and, and this is a story. But you're going to have new stories to tell. And, and I'm sure we're going to we may even revisit them in a future episode on the podcast and it'll be even more fun to look back for sure i can't wait can't wait to look <laughs> back yeah man thank you so much for having me on again real quick i'm gonna give a shout out to since the show is called paula pals i gotta you know give a shout out to two big pals that have helped me make the thing uh, my creative director juan he's the one that draws all of my episode cover art like very cool each single one is hand drawn and you know kind of helps me with the creative direction and then also my pal uh lee but goes by the artist named tom tide okay he actually just sent me or he made my theme music because i had i had like a preset one and he's like no bro you need this and he literally made it in one night and sent it to me so i um, yeah i really do make sure that you know my pals are like the center of the show and anybody listening anybody that interviews so i just want to give them a shout out as well well that, that's props to you for like kind of looking out and shining a light on folks who help you along the way too. So that's just kind of speaks to your character as well. Make sure you send me those uh, links for IGs or whatever they have. So we'll put those in the show notes as well. But uh, anywhere else you want to point people to, to check out the show or, or connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on all social networks at PonyboyPaul. That's P-O-L. My actual name is Paul, P-A-U-L, but that's another story. Maybe the next time I come back on, we can talk about that. <laughs> You're alter <Yeah>. ego. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> PonyboyPaul on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm a little bit more active on Instagram, I would say. Okay. And then my show as well, Paul and Pals. That's P-O-L-A-N-D-P-A-L-S on all social networks as well. YouTube and all podcasting platforms. All right, Paul, thanks again for uh, coming on and uh, we'll share all those links and I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much, Harry. Appreciate it. Okay, I'm not even going to ask you if you enjoyed the episode because you made it this far, so it's obvious that you did. So the best thing that you could do is leave a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. I'm running low. You know, if you're a regular listener, that I read them out at the beginning of the show and I'd love to read yours out next. ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. Check out newpodcastapps.com for those of you on the bleeding edge of the world of crypto and the value for value model espoused by Dave Jones and Adam Curry on the Podcasting 2.0 show. It's really a fun world and a fun rabbit hole, and I've been learning a little bit more each week and each month as I listen to those shows and get caught up on those episodes. Newpodcastapps.com, where you can support your favorite podcast host directly through Bitcoin payments. So thanks again to Ponyboy for coming on the show. Much appreciated. Full show notes at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 278. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Cedarsoil.com for his fantastic catalog of music. Don't forget to check out our sponsor Focusrite and their awesome line of gear. My favorite, the Scarlet 2i2 Pro. Check out the full lineup at podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite. Podcast production and marketing provided by Fullcast. Sign up for a free podcast brainstorm at fullcast.co forward slash 
chat15 if you are a business owner looking for help starting, producing, or marketing your show. Tune in next week for my conversation with fellow freestyle lover, Florida resident, high energy entrepreneur, and creator of the E5 system, which you'll learn much more about in the next episode, Todd Brown. I really enjoyed this recent conversation with Todd. I have a feeling it might be one of your favorites as well. If you've made it this far, you're no doubt looking for this week's retention hashtag. Let's go with PonyboyPoll. That's P-O-N-Y-B-O-Y-P-O-L. Tag us at podcast underscore junkies. And poll at PonyboyPoll as well. That's his Twitter, P-O-N-Y-B-O-Y-P-O-L. Thanks for all you to support the show. Talk to you next episode.